you're building a business, you're doing something that's never been done, never been done by anybody, um, never been done by you. Uh, and to do those things, you just have to get, you have to get comfortable with being, uh, being uncomfortable. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and um, well, happy Sunday. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. And in fact, I hope it's Best Ever Sunday. Um, And if it isn't quite the best ever yet, well, then it's about to be because you've got a Skill Set Sunday segment um, that we're about to do. And with us today, we have a previous Best Ever guest and one of my friends, Matt Rodak. How you doing, Matt? Good, Joe. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. And um, let's see, when Matt last joined us, it was in episode uh, seven, uh, whenever he gave his best advice ever. And so, and my gosh, episodes, first off, let's, I just want to take a moment. Episode seven, <laughs> um, I, this is episode, well, we're, we're well into the four to five hundreds by now. Um, I forget which episode it is. And uh, you, your, your advice at the very beginning, um, you know, best ever listeners, you've got to check it out. It's on crowdfunding and it's, it's titled uncovering why crowdfunding is so hot. Um, and I use three T's to emphasize the hotness of crowdfunding <laughs> at that time. Um, a little bit about Matt and then, uh, he'll get into his background and then we're going to get into the specific skill that, uh, we're going to talk about. Actually, I'm going to pause right there. Matt, was this a situ- skill set Sunday or, or situation Saturday? Is, is the skill, I guess the skill is how to build build from scratch. Okay, build business, yeah, 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 we're good. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, all right. Because it could be a situation too. We'll roll with the skill. A little bit about Matt before we get into it in more detail and in, before we get into skill set Sunday. He is the CEO of Fun That Flip, which I'm sure you're familiar with because you've been hearing um, their, their uh, sponsors um, ads on the show. And again, he's, he's one of my good friends and uh, want to support his company um, as well as a company that I believe in. Fund That Flip is an online lender for residential flips 
Previously, he worked at a leading commercial property insurance and risk management firms. He's based in New York City, New York, and he is an entrepreneur at heart. Um, the, the skill we're going to talk about is how to build a business from scratch because as real estate investors, we are all entrepreneurs in some form or fashion, and we need to know how to build a business from scratch. With that being said, Matt, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background, and then we'll get into Skillset Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And a very, very appropriate introduction because episode seven, I guess, would be about a year and a half, two years ago. So I was very early in my journey through this business, um, which now here almost two years later, we get to talk about uh, how that how that's gone. So, um, yeah, I just, just thought it'd be kind of uh, worthwhile to, you know, explain a little bit about, about my background. And I think I've always identified um, a bit as an entrepreneur, as a kid, always had some type of side hustle going. Um, I think my first business was in second grade selling, selling creepy crawlers, which I think I mentioned on, on the previous one, which was uh, promptly shut down by the school principal. And advanced through uh, through grade school with different kind of little side businesses, sold T-shirts through high school, started a landscaping business when I was 16, uh, was able to sell that uh, off to pay for some of college. So kind of always, I guess, thought of myself as an entrepreneur. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've noticed or realized that there's a big difference between having um, an entrepreneurial mindset or an entrepreneurial uh, drive, if you will, and actually building a business. Um, and a lot of that learning has come over the last couple of years as I've actually started to build a real lasting business. And I think it's just important to distinguish the two. You know, some people, you know, argue are entrepreneurs born or are they trained? And I think really it doesn't matter. Um, I think entrepreneurs may have a, a slight advantage if you are born with that gene of building a business. But I do believe really anybody can build a business if they follow some some really simple principles, um, which I hope to lay some of those out that I've learned over the past couple of years. So um, with that, uh, just a little bit more about the current journey that I'm on. I came up with the idea for Fund That Flip in November of 2012. So uh, more than more than three years ago. And now we're at a point where, you know, we're receiving more than you know, tens of millions of dollars worth of funding requests each week, each month. Uh, we have a functional technology project uh, product that, you know, works to really make the experience good for our bars. We have four full-time employees. We're, you know, hiring more people as we speak. Uh, we've raised multiple rounds of venture capital. Um, and all of that, you know, it feels like it's it's happened fast. But also, I have to remind myself every once in a while that we didn't get here overnight. It was, uh, it's been a long been a long journey and some things that I've learned um, throughout that journey I'd, I'd more or less like to, to share with you all today. Oh, I love I, I love the foundation you just said. And um, I, I have never consciously thought of the difference of having an entrepreneurial mindset and actually building a business. And I'm really excited about this. So what, what's number one? Yeah, so the first thing I think, and you hear this a lot, is, is you got to start with some what I call deep and lasting passion. Uh, and the reason I say deep and lasting is, that in my mind, it has to be something, something more than you know. I really love real estate, or I really love you know X industry. It has to be something um, that's greater and almost more altruistic. Uh, for me, what it was is, you know, I, I really boiled this down in my mind. And for me, it's it's really about creating something, creating functional teams, creating repeatable systems, creating new technologies. And I find that this idea of creating things allows me to exercise my problem solving skills that I really enjoy exercising, but it also, uh, I ha have these achievement needs, right? So it also allows me to see meaningful and achieve results that allow me to kind of get through the day. So I think when you're thinking about starting a business and why you're starting that business, it will do you, uh, it'll do you well to really 
do some soul searching. And I think it's important that you certainly pick a business that you like and you're interested in. But I think uh, you'll do yourself some favors by actually figuring out what your true passions are that will support those like or likes or interests. And the reason I say that is, you know, building a business is the hardest thing I've ever done. It will be the hardest thing any of our listeners do today. And liking real estate or liking X will not be really enough to get you through that. You can't really like an inanimate thing like a house. Um, and when you're doing things that you don't like to do or you're, you know, you're going through a struggle in your, in your business, which you will inevitably have, it's good to have that, that point of something that is bigger than what you're working on that says, hey, you know, you're not doing this because, you know, for me, it's a real estate business. You're doing this because you're creating something that didn't exist before. And that thing that is really deep and is really lasting uh, has really been kind of the fuel for me that's allowed me to get through some of the tougher times of the business. Whereas if I started this thing just because I liked real estate, I think we'd probably already be, um, be on to something else. So I think it's very important that you find your deep and lasting passion. And, and kind of a tip that I've learned that helped me get to this is find someone that you trust, find someone that, that, that's a really good listener and talk to them about your business and why you want to start it. And before you start the conversation with this person, ask them to just continue to ask you why, right? So why do you want, you, why do you want to start your business? And if you give answers like, well, I like, really like real estate, the follow-up question by them will be like, well, why do you like real estate? And you're going to keep digging down deeper into something that is much greater than real estate. Maybe you like helping people. Maybe you like dealing with people. Maybe you like um, the creative aspect of taking a house that's ugly and fixing it up. And whatever it is that you land on is going to be so much more powerful than I like real estate. So I think it's very important before you get started to really figure, it out, figure out what it is that makes you tick. Write that down and keep it handy um, and go back to it really anytime that you find yourself in a moment of, uh, man, why am I doing this? Uh, and you'll get back to that moment and it'll really help you, you know, power through whatever challenge you're, you're currently stuck on. Did you go through that exercise before you created Fund That Flip or did you um, kind of think, learn that after the fact and fortunately Fund That Flip allows you to do some of the things that you enjoy, you enjoy doing? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question. I, 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 I probably went through this exercise at, uh, at some point that was at my first kind of, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment, if you will, where you're really struggling and uh, it had a lot to do with, you know, the, 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 the time I first went out to raise money. And I had a very hard time raising money because um, I, I couldn't answer that question that a lot of investors would ask. Like, what, like why are you doing this? Uh, and it was just a very superficial answer that I was giving them. Um, and it caused me to kind of, I think, you know, look inside and say, Matt, why, why are you doing this? And sit down and kind of rethink um, something that was bigger and something that was greater and something that really... Uh, even goes to building your team and recruiting, you know, smart people to help you grow your business. Um, it has to be something that is is a common denominator that a lot of different types of people can get behind. Um, and I think I would have saved myself probably a lot of stress, uh, stress and strife and headache by doing this uh, from day one. But yeah, it was something that I, I kind of caught myself on um, almost midway midway through the the business building journey that I was on. What's number two? So the second piece is, is surrounding yourself with, with a solid team. Um, you know, starting a business is, is incredibly hard. Um, when I started the company, I was a solo founder. It's, it's an incredibly lonely place to be. No one really will ever understand the sacrifice and the difficult decisions that you have to make. Um, your spouse won't understand it. Your family won't. Certainly your friends won't. Um, and you need to find, you know, good people as early as you can to go to battle with. 
Um, and it'll really help you feel like, you know, someone else is in this thing along with you. Unfortunately, I was able to, again, kind of midway through journey, uh, bring some good people on. Um, and I learned some things going through that process, too. I, I think the first thing that um, is, it can be a, a mistake for, for people is they find people that are a lot like them, um, people that are, you know, their friends and think the way that they think and um, you know, talk the way that they talk and have similar backgrounds. I think that that's a mistake. Um, you want to find people that compliment you, that, that think differently, that have a different background. Um, you, you know, really the goal is to find someone that ultimately will disagree with you on, on important decisions uh, and challenge you and, and augment your weaknesses. And, and, and to that extent, you kind of also want to be able to find people that you can have those healthy disagreements with. But, you know, they're willing to uh, agree to disagree, if you will, and you need to be able to kind of have those heated discussions and then go out and drink a beer and 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 still be friends afterwards. And this has been a huge thing for, for me and our businesses. I've got two partners that are very different than me and we disagree on a lot. Um, sometimes very heated, uh, but at the end we're laughing and we're joking and, you know, we've, we've got a direction that we, you know, can feel confident because we've given it, you know, full thought. So, uh, build your team, but, you know, build it in a way that, that really looks different than you. Um, and it'll be uncomfortable at times, but that uncomfortableness uh, will be what allows you to really push things, push things forward. What were some of the difficult decisions you had to make early on? Uh, you know, some of them, you're looking back, you know, they're not a big deal, but anything, you know, we're a technology company. So how to architect data, right. And how to, you know, think about, you know, what's important to the customer. Some people have very strong opinions on, you know, the lowest prices is important. Other people think it's speed and transparency. So, there's, there's just a million decisions, and this is kind of the other thing. There's millions of decisions that you make um, daily. Um, you don't even sometimes realize you're making them, but, but you are. And having good people that, that uh, can understand kind of what the vision of the company is and that can make those decisions and feel empowered to make those decisions, um, but also know when, hey, this is, this is big enough that we need to have a discussion around, um, knowing that that discussion may um, – may be difficult and the outcome of it may be a different direction than what they think it should be. Um, but, but I think that's, that's kind of, kind of an important thing to do. So I don't know if that's a, a great example of anything specifically, but uh, really when you're starting a business and someone, someone told me this before is, is you, you, you know, when you're starting a company, you literally make hundreds of decisions a day and you need to get 99.9% of those decisions, right? Um, <laughs> Cause if you don't, uh, you know, it could sink you. Um, so really surrounding yourself with people that can challenge you um, on especially some of those bigger decisions uh, will help you get more of those things right, um, even if it's maybe not the, the thing that you think is in your heart uh, right. If it's listened to right um, and fully considered, it, it may at least cause you to pause and delay that decision until more data can be gathered. So um, I, I, think that, I think that's very important. <laughs> With with uh, picking the the right team member who will disagree or not not who will always disagree for the sake of disagreeing, but who will disagree whenever he or she believes that uh, there should be a disagreement. How do you wh- how do you walk the fine line of finding someone who is you know just I mean it's it's always disagreeing because they don't see things your way versus disagreeing and it being a productive element and you know you're not you know stressed out over conversations with them because you know you're going to have opposite opinions yeah and i think the way that i I think i like to think about is you like to find people that are principled right and have their the certain principles you certainly you know don't want disagreements um generally about the vision of the company or the direction that the company is headed 
you know, I think every, it's important to get everyone on the same page about, uh, you know, vision and where the company's going and, you know, what we stand for and our mission. Um, but there are different ways to achieve those visions and, and, and accomplish those missions. And I, and I think that's where you want the disagreements on the path to that agreed upon end game. Um, you know, and, and, and I think it's also important as a leader of a company to pick your battles um, and realize that, you know, being right on certain things um, may or may not really have a material impact on the business. And when it's OK to give uh, give someone a win, give it to them, um, you know, but at the same time, you need to be principled on certain things that you 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 know to be true and, and to be in the best interest of the business and, and hold to your guns on those. But also listen to other people and consider that, um, you know, if you've done a good job of getting people with good different backgrounds and different perspectives, that they may actually have a perspective um, and they're seeing around a corner that you're not seeing because of that experience. Um, and, you know, and it can give you some opportunity to at least pause before um, maybe you proceed forward and, and, and you know, agree to uh, look into it deeper. So, um, yeah, but by no means am I saying go out and find uh, find someone that just has a combative attitude, and, and you certainly want people that, that see the see your company and your vision the same way you do. Um, but like anything else, there's there's a thousand different ways to get there, um, and, and that's where you want the disagreements to happen on what's the best path. With kind of the the beginning of a, a business, the money's tight. How do you determine how to compensate the the team members at the beginning? Um, is it cash? Is it equity? Is it both? And how do you know what the amount is? Yeah. And, and, uh, it's actually one of my points here. I, I think that, I think that really goes into understanding what you need. Um, you know, when I first started the company, I, I still had a full-time paying job. I wasn't necessarily a hundred, hundred percent committed to fund that flip, still formulating a business plan, but I knew that I needed a team, right? So you start to recruit some advisors, some consultants, uh, for me, it was, you know, give them a small piece of, of the company um, that they would earn through some efforts. Um, but then also kind of ahead of time agree, hey, if this thing does take off, if I do quit my day job and go full time and we start earning revenue and, and potentially raise some money, um, there's going to be a spot for you. And here's what that looks like. Um, here's your equity at that point. Um, here's what you'll get paid at that point. Um, you know, there are different ways to even defer compensation. So they're technically earning money, but they don't you know, actually get paid on it until, um, you know, there's enough money within the company. So there's a lot of different creative ways to structure that. Um, but you know, it's, it is important to kind of be real about what it is that you, uh, that you need and, and being honest with that, with your partners, um, or potential partners, um, you know, with, 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 with what that is uh, up early. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, the, uh, two of my three partners now both started off as either advisors or consultants. Um, it also gave us a great opportunity to get to know one another better, um, you know, see how we liked working with each other. And then, you know, as the business grew and started to take off, both of them now have come on full time. So um, I, I, I very much uh, am, am a believer in, in um, you know, in order to build long and lasting relationships, they do take some time to develop and creating an environment where you can you can do that relatively risk free. Um, is is important as well. Did did I uh, kind of segue into number three already <laughs> with that question? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think maybe just the last point that I'll make on the team, especially is if uh, you know, if you're you're the leader of of your team or the you know the president or CEO of the company, and and as you're listening to a lot of different people's advice, you know, have advisors, have consultants, you know, certainly have your partners and employees, and listen to all of them, but. 
Um, I, I've come to learn that about 85% of the advice I get is bad advice. Um, and that's not because, you know, they're not smart people or they're, you know, intentionally trying to lead me astray. It's just because they don't have uh, the full picture like you do as a leader of your company. They don't see the full picture. They don't have all the data that you have. They're not talking to all the people that you're talking to. So it's very important to listen to people, uh, consider what they're saying, take it at face value, take it as true, but then give yourself some time to reflect on that, on that uh, advice and decide on your own. What's the good stuff? What's the stuff that should be thrown out because, you know, they didn't have the, you know, all the information they needed to have to make that decision and then proceed forward with, you know, a plan based upon that. The reason I say that is I see a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, we just went through an accelerator program where we, we unfortunately I saw this more than I would have liked to. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs take bad advice and run with it, um, even though they know in their heart of hearts it's not the right thing to do. Um, and they end up having to, you know, come all the way back and redo things because they listen to that advice. So my last caution on that is, you know, ultimately it is, it is your company. It is your business. Consider that you have probably more knowledge about it than anyone else. Um, you want to continue to add to that knowledge by getting other people's perspectives, but you also need to, you know, develop your filter early so that you can decide what stuff, um, makes sense and, and which doesn't. Makes sense. Yeah. And then I think really my, my last point on business building is just this idea of, you know, it really is a marathon, not a sprint. I, I alluded to it earlier in the talk that, you know, I'm, I'm in year three now of this thing. Um, there's really no quick way, I don't think, to, to make it big. You've got to build teams. You've got to, you know, to make it quick, uh, to make it big quick, I should say. Um, you got to build teams. You got to build processes. You're, you're learning on the job as, you know, whether it be a leader or a new industry or whatever it is. Uh, and approaching it more as a marathon rather than a sprint um, will, will will help you keep your sanity. Um, one thing that I like to think about is I used to I used to run track, um, and on the longer races I would pick a point you know out 25 meters or so, focus my eyes on that, and just run to that point. Wouldn't look anywhere else. And once I got to that point, I'd look another 25 meters out or so and run to that point, and I'd keep running 25 meters until I got to the end of the race. And in a lot of ways, building a business is, is the same. Pick your endpoint, understand how long the race is going to be, um, but set yourself short milestones that you know you can hit in the next week or the next month um, and only sprint towards those things. Do the two or three things that you know is going gonna, is gonna to have the highest likelihood of really moving your business forward, um, especially as you're getting started. You're you know, a one-man or a one-woman team. There's more things than, you know, there is time in the day to get everything done. Really spend some time focusing on what are the two or three things that I absolutely need to get done in order to move this business forward. And it's an incredibly, incredibly difficult thing to do because what that means is that you're not doing anything on a lot of the other aspects of your business. And it feels like those things are falling behind. But the reality is, is if you're really focused on the two or three things that are important or are going to move your business forward, Doing those other things don't really matter because if you don't accomplish these two or three things that move your business forward, you're not going to have a business. Um, you know, so for me, for the last 45, 60 days, all I've been doing is raising money. And that's incredibly hard to do because we're not paying as much attention to our customers and, uh, and building our tech and a lot of other things that, that seem to me are falling behind. But I know that if we don't get this money raised, um, which we're very close to now, none of that really matters um, because we have to have my number one job as the CEO of this company is make sure we don't run out of money. <laughs> so it's a very difficult thing that takes practice. And if you start practic practicing it earlier when, um, you know, your business is, uh, you know, smaller, 
um, it'll really, you know, you'll really be able to develop the discipline that as things grow to really just stay focused on those two or things that ma- two or three things that matter. As long as you understand the greater, you know, the greater picture and you understand that this is a long race, uh, it won't feel as frustrating that, you know, some of the other things may, may feel like they're slipping. Is there anything as it relates to building a business from scratch? I know we could talk about this for maybe 365 days consecutively, um, yeah. but as it relates to our conversation today um, that we, we, you wanted to mention to the best of our listeners? Yeah, I, th- I think really the last point is you, you really need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you're going to be uncomfortable financially. You're going to be uncomfortable with the amount of time you're at work. Uh, you're going to have to do things and have conversations with people that, that feel uncomfortable. Um, and you just have to get used to that, a certain level of, of discomfort. Um, you know, someone told me, I forget where it came from, but you know, you know, the first thing you should do every morning when you wake up is swallow the frog. And what they mean by that is look at your to-do list, determine which, which thing on that to-do list is the least fun and do that first. Do the most uncomfortable thing you can do when you first wake up or when you first get your day started. And what that starts to help you do is empower um, and embolden you to, you know, man, I already did. I already had that difficult conversation with a, with a customer. Uh, the rest of the day is easy. Uh, and you'll start to build up that confidence to to be uncomfortable and to do uncomfortable things. Um, and the reality is, if you know, when you're building a business, you're doing something that's never been done, never been done by anybody, um, never been done by you. Uh, and to do those things, you just have to get you have to get comfortable with being uh, being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different uh, good sound bites throughout this conversation. Um, I mean, you laid out the three the three kind of things to, that you've uncovered. Um, but before we get into those three, I just want to revisit the, the first thing that you mentioned, that is having an entrepreneurial mindset is completely different. Well, there's overlap, but um, it's different from building a business because everybody's got a, a cool idea and everybody's got a, a neat invention but to actually build it into something that's profitable and um, has systems and is uh, you know long lasting, it takes it it takes a different type of skill set um, than just having a cool idea. And I, it reminds me of an uh, article I read in Entrepreneur Magazine a while back, and the guy sold a couple companies. I forget who it is, but he sold a couple companies for like five hundred million. He's like, give me. Uh, give me someone who's better at execution and doesn't have the good ideas over someone who has these great ideas 10 times out of 10. Um, it's all about the execution. And you know, with, with those three things that you've, you've mentioned, one, start with a deep and lasting p- passion with your idea. So, you know, it's, you, you've got a, you've, you've got something that, you know, goes back to entrepreneurial men- mentality. You've got something that you think's a good idea, but is it long lasting? I mean, similar to if you uh, see, you know, someone of that you're interested in, is is it kind of superficial from a from a physical standpoint, or is it more long lasting? Um, there's there's got to be something that is is substantive there um, from a, a long term standpoint. And I love that you gave the tip where if you have the idea about uh, about a business, then find someone you trust and who's a good listener. And talk to them about the business, and just have them continually ask you the question, "Why? Why do you want to start it?" Okay, then you answer that. Well, why do you want? It? Why do you want to do that? 
and get to the root or the heart of why you are interested in it. And then that will really get you, um, you know, identify if you want to stay in it or not or pursue it or not. And I, I, I love that you're, you give examples for each one of these, which is really good. Um, you, that really came to the surface with you when you were raising money for the first time and investors were asking you, well, why are you doing this? And you're like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> why, why am I doing this? Um, I, I think that's, that, that's, that's something that we all should do with the businesses that we're in um, as, as real estate investors and entrepreneurs. Um, number two, have a solid team that complements you. I added the complements you after you, you know, as you continue to talk because I think that's important. Um, have a solid team that complements you. Um, they, and by complements, doesn't mean they, they give you praise, although that's, that would be nice. Um, and I'm sure they should when, when praise is well-deserved, but compliments the skill sets that you have. Um, and you know, we've all got strengths. We've all got weaknesses. Um, so really um, fills in the gaps for the weaknesses that we have uh, because we're not as interested in those areas of the business. Um, and we're, as a result of not being as interested, then you know, we, we don't have as honed, honed of a skill set in that, those areas. Um, and then the oh I, I like how you mentioned a lot of the advice and you you said about eighty five percent of the advice you receive is bad advice and I think that's really interesting because um a, a, a lot of people tend to give advice but you're right as far as well uh, from from my standpoint I've seen the same thing where people just don't have the full picture of what we're experiencing building companies the the, the companies that we're intimately familiar with. And um, it's easy from the outside in to uh, to give advice about what should or should happen. But quite frankly, most of the time, those giving advice, they just don't know the full picture. And it, it would be impossible to describe the full picture of everything that's going on and the vision that you have. Um, and, and I think that's that's really important point to, to take to take down. And to do that, though, what advice do you listen to? Well, you listen to the advice of the advisors that you surround yourself with who complement your strengths, which is what you mentioned. And then lastly, number three, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You had the idea you mentioned. You had the idea in November of 2012. Uh, we are now, um, you know, two, what, two, three years uh, later. And, um, you know, your, your company has grown tremendously. You're getting tens of millions of dollars of, of funding and um and deal flow and uh it's it's just been um a a it from the outside looking in again it looks oh man it happened overnight i didn't know this company now here they are but in the background it's many many decisions that are needing to um take place in fact you said hundreds a day uh and you need to be right the majority of the time or 99 percent of the time um and so with the marathon not a sprint focus on the two to three things you need to do every day and to move the business forward and get them done. So Matt, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing with us the specific skill of what you've learned on how to build a business from scratch. How can the best ever listeners get hold of you? Yeah, they can, uh, they can email me, Matt, at fundatflip.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, um, just Matt Rodak. There's actually not that many Matt Rodak, so I'm sure you can find me there. Um, and happy to, uh, to answer any questions if I can. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show again. Hope you have the best ever weekend. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it.
Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Do you want to make your investment analysis a breeze while making it look like you spent all week working on it? Then go to getrefm.com forward slash valuate. That's getrefm.com forward slash V-A-L-U-A-T-E. This is Bruce Kirsch's company. He's the best ever guest from episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. Go to his company's website get the software. You can try it out for free. It's a no-brainer. Get refm.com forward slash valuate.